0: I was at high school, uh, I, I dabbled in lots of different things, and uh, one thing was swimming. I was a good breath stroker, couldn't do the other strokes, but for a little while I did squad, and I remember when I, I did squad after school, backwards and forwards, the pool, it was quite a long time, and mum, mum was the taxi, I'm sure a lot of mums in here understand what that feels like, although I'm sure there's some dads who do that job too, and grandparents, And mum would say, when swimming's done, just sit outside of the pool and wait for me there. And so that was all good and well. And then one particular day, uh, I finished squad and I sat there. It seemed like such a long time. I'm sure it wasn't that long. And I thought, hmm, mum's not here yet. And our town was a very small town, well, reasonably small anyway. And I thought, I'll go for a wander down the main street and see if I can see mum. She's probably being caught up. So off I trundled, it was really just one turn, went down the main street. We had, every now and again I see them, but we had this very aqua blue Holden Kingswood station wagon. think 70s or late 70s and that was every now and again I spot one around here. So it was very easy to spot and I'm like, "Hmm, mum's not here. So off I wander a few streets over to actually someone who'd come to our church, a lady lived by herself thinking maybe mum's at her house and got there in the street, no short, no car. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe mum's gone up to the church for some reason and so off I wandered. Well, eventually mum found me and she was not happy. She said... Look, if I'm ever late, you wait for me. Don't go wandering off. Well, as it turned out, a number of weeks later, sure enough, I sat outside of the swimming pool and mum didn't come. So with itchy feet, I'm thinking maybe I should go look for her, but then ah, I remembered her words and I thought, okay, I'll wait. Well, the senior squad finished, the pool shut the sun started to dip away and I'm thinking, am I ever going to be picked up here? But true to her word, mum did come and eventually get me. And I waited and had waited and waited and waited. Now, I don't know about you with waiting, but at this time of year in our house, waiting is like getting to that final part of so much excitement. So my two boys are both end-of-year babies, one November, one December. And as much as we try to explain them that everyone has to wait 12 months for their birthday, they believe they have to wait the longest because everybody in their class pretty much has their birthday until it's their birthday right at the end of the list, especially Jared, being a December mid-December baby and so as the as the year rolls on and as those weeks get closer not only is there birthday excitement but of course there's Christmas excitement and that weight is just welling and welling and welling. There's countdowns, occasionally there's finger holes in presents. I don't know if that happens around your place. They don't do it so much anymore, but particularly when they were a little younger. And there's the, I can't sleep the night before, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. and come in kind of thing to go, it's my birthday today. It's like, go back to bed. Just wait a few more hours. Um, They are so, so eager. They just can't wait. And Jared literally has three more days to wait, four, three, four, 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 four more days to wait, and he is so excited. Certainly as you look around, you know there's tinsel, there's advent calendars, and probably not so much as we get older do we wait for Christmas necessarily, but I think we wait somehow for this time of year. We like to wait because there is this, where there's this excitement about the end of a year. I'm not sure why, but maybe it's summer or mangoes, the beach or family time or finally another year has rolled around. But there is an eager anticipation towards the end of the year. But for children especially, for Christmas, there is a lot of eager anticipation. So when you think about Christmas for us, it's just a couple of weeks away. And if you have any children connected in your life anywhere, be they grandchildren, your children, neighbours' children, you know they're exciting, excited and can't wait. But when we think about 365 days, it does sometimes feel like an eternity, especially to children. But that very first Christmas was a very, very long wait. You see, way back in the very start of the Bible, the very start of the story, we find a promise that one day someone would come. That someone would come and actually save the people, deliver the people, deliver humanity deliver us from the crazy space we live in at this time from from all that stuff that we like to go I wish that never happened. A promise was given. Not just three hundred and sixty five days, not just two years or a decade or even a hundred years. But there was a long wait as this promise For this coming person, which was given the name the Messiah, the coming one, the promised one, would need to wait. God's people at that time were given this promise, and it was going to be a long, long, long wait. And in the story, you go forward, thousands of years, you come to a time where there's Roman occupation. You come to a time where Sarah touched on last week. Finally, this promised Messiah came. This baby, this Christ that's in Christmas, this Jesus came. Born to a virgin, born to Mary, this baby arrived in Bethlehem. For hundreds of years, thousands of years, there had been a wait. It was an amazing night. It was here it was it, it had arrived and yet so many of the people missed it imagine christmas in your house the night before christmas and then it arrives the next morning can you imagine kids missing it like it just wouldn't happen would it you just you wouldn't think that they could ever miss it but many missed it they had been waiting, and some over that time had got distracted. Some, uh, uh, it wasn't how they thought it was going to be. For others, they, they simply had just completely forgotten about the whole thing by now because that wait had been such a long time. In our lives, in my life, it's definitely hard sometimes to wait for God's timing, for wait to wait for God or wait for the Lord to act how hard it is at times to wait. You know, we go through seasons in our lives of waiting. I I can just imagine that all of us, either right now or just recently, have gone through a season of waiting, waiting for something. And at times when we're in that, that, that segment of wait, sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get misled by our own thoughts. Other times... We actually get a bit discouraged and jaded by the whole thing. Sometimes we just think in the end, well, this is just ridiculous. It's been way too long, the wait. I'm just like all of you, or probably not all of you, but a lot of you, uh, waiting is difficult. I am impatient. You know, the the queue, the, the worst thing for me is traffic like the drivers that just don't know how to drive and that weight that you have to have. And in Sydney, up here it's pretty bad, but in Sydney it's bad. Like, what are you doing? Merge now. Like, come on, don't just sit there. Move along. So um, that whole impatient is really strong in me. I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me. Um, but I find waiting extremely frustrating. But here we have that first Christmas. Saviour had come, he'd arrived, he was the king. Mary, Mary was a strong believer, Jacob had stayed faithful as, as Sarah talked about last week, even though it seemed so ridiculous, they went with the way God was leading them. The angels sang and the shepherds went to worship. I want to pick up just briefly today on two characters in the Bible that in the Christmas story most of us probably aren't that familiar with. And they get skipped over in the traditional story. And I want to just share a little bit and try and capture a little bit of insight into these two people. We're going to take up the story. In the book of Luke, which is one of the four stories that tell us about Jesus and Luke's account of this time. And we meet a man. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. We'll leave that bit there for a second. Day after day, days after, sorry, days after Jesus' birth and the angels, days after the manger, manger and the shepherds, days after the star, only eight days later, Joseph and Mary take this baby to Jerusalem because there was a cultural tradition that after eight days, a baby would go and be taken to the temple for circumcision, which was a Jewish um, cultural practice. And a special dedication to the Lord. At that time also, the mother would have to present herself for purification. So let's just get a little picture here. Let's imagine it's Monday morning. It's Monday morning at the temple and there are about 2 million, they say, 2 million Jews living in Palestine at that time. So undoubtedly within a 24-hour period, there will be a number of babies born and so every day there would be a number of people like Joseph and Mary coming to the temple with a new baby, just eight days old. So as they're coming to the temple, there's a line. There's a line up of mums and dads with little babies. And in amongst the line is another young woman holding a, a baby in just humble cloth, nothing fancy about their dress. And as they came, they are holding a, a sacrifice. For those who are rich, They had a lamb. For those who weren't, two birds, maybe pigeons, maybe turtle doves. So along the line, there's these two humbly dressed, little bubba, a little crate or a little basket with two turtle doves or two pigeons. And they're waiting in line as they're moving along. Maybe even in this particular environment, we don't know, but just imagine some of them may have known these people. They may have even known the circumstance. There might have even been a little snigger or a, a niggle and say, hey, there, those two, that lady was pregnant before they were really married. And, and, and maybe there was a bit of a conversation. Who knows? But they're holding this little baby close, knowing that inside of them, regardless of what others might be thinking or saying, that this baby was given a name, Emmanuel, God with us. They are standing there just waiting their turn in line when over in the corner, an old man, an old man in the temple has an impression, an impression by God, the Holy Spirit, an impression to say, hey, this is the day. This is the moment. This is the time. You know that? You know that promise that you have been given in your heart that one day you would see the Messiah before you would die? This is it. And he quietly makes his way along that line. And as he's walking along the line, the Spirit impresses him. This is the one. This is the child. This is the Messiah. This is the person you have been eagerly waiting for, eagerly waiting to come. We don't know when Simeon had been given that promise. Maybe he was just an apprentice in the temple. We're not sure. But here he is now, a very old man. And inside of him, he had not given up hope. He had stayed faithful. He had been patient and eagerly waiting. So throwing all caution to the wind, any convention, he comes up to this young couple. He comes up to this little baby. This humble couple, nothing extravagant about them. He comes up to them and his heart is pounding and he can't wait. He can't believe that this is the moment. This is the time. This is when that reality of that promise is going to take place. As he walked along that line, that voice that said, stop, Simeon, this is the one. Right here, Simeon, is God manifested in flesh. Right here is the creator of the universe. Right here is the Messiah, the promised one. I can only imagine Simeon heart pounding, his hands possibly shaking, reaching out and saying, may I hold this baby. May I hold him close. Who knows what kind of emotion he must have felt over the years as he waited. I'm sure he was human, just like you and I. I'm sure there were times of discouragement. I'm sure there were times when he thought, really, was that God you speaking into my life? Did you really plant that promise in my heart that one day I would see the Messiah? I'm sure he had doubts. I'm sure at times he did not believe. But... Obviously, he had picked up his socks again and said, no, no, I trust you, God. No, I am going to be faithful to your promise. No, I know you are the Lord. No, I know you are going to come through with your word. You know what? He is so uh, content that he even feels that that's it. Life doesn't matter anymore. I have actually been able to hold the Messiah. He says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. His expression here is is I I can only just imagine his expression in this place to say. I've been faithful to this spot. You have been faithful, God. That's all I could want in my life. You see, there's another character in the story. If we go back, we skip along a few verses. The Bible says in, in, in Luke, he also brings out another character in the Christmas story that you may not be so familiar with. Her name is Anna. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. You see, perhaps way over in another corner, there's 84-year-old Anna. She's no young lady either. And she, her name, Anna, means grace and favor. And in fact, by any worldly standards, you wouldn't think, she had been favoured. She'd lived in the, de- in the temple for some time, perhaps decades out of necessity. She had lived and worked and served in that space. She had prayed and spent time worshipping God. She was a well-known person in that time of Jerusalem, according to some of the things that I read. But she too had in her own been waiting, been waiting. Perhaps too in that space, the Holy Spirit prompted her and brought her over to the same space. And the Bible says that so much so, she just got so excited, she couldn't stop telling people that this was the Messiah. So I don't know what that might have looked like. Simeon, for some reason, to me, I get this picture that he was like, Almost just there's a sense of peace and contentment. And for Anna, sort of that crazy dance happening of like, oh my goodness, this is the Messiah. The Messiah is here. Um, I'm not sure. But both of these two, both of these two characters have something in common. Both of these two characters, although skipped over very easily in the, in the Christmas story, to me, had lived a life where they had been waiting not just for 365 days, but for a long time, days, weeks, months, years. They had been waiting for something that was deeply special in their hearts, something that they um, had been, God had spoken into their lives, yes, but something that they had been waiting for themselves. So as we come around to this Christmas period, Maybe this is a new story to some of you, a part of the story you haven't heard, but a part of the story that builds into the Christmas story. Last week, Sarah challenged us. Last week, Sarah spoke into us and said, like Mary, how sometimes God might call us to something that seems impossible or ridiculous, but that if God's called us, then, then he's going to give us what we need to be able to do that, to take that challenge on like Mary. To me, Anna and Simeon bring into the Christmas story the fact that you can trust God and that in the times of waiting, he wants you to wait eagerly, faithfully and patiently because he will act in his time, in his way. So I'm not sure what you're waiting for right now. Some of you are definitely waiting for something. And, and there's a whole gamut of things, aren't there? There could be waiting for uni resu- um, school results. There might be waiting for a job you've applied for. Might be waiting for a relationship. You might be waiting for a financial change in your circumstances. You might be waiting for something to do with health. Maybe as a family, you're waiting for a clear direction of where God wants you to, to move next or go. There are many things to do with waiting. Maybe you have a friend. And this is me. I have a friend going through tough health concerns, and we're waiting, waiting and waiting that God might be able to sustain her. You know, there's a little quote I read. It said this. Always know that God often acts more on our heart situation than on. Th- Sorry, let me read that. Always know God often acts more on our heart situation than on the situation in our hearts. I'll read it one more time. Always know that God acts more on our heart situation than on the situation in our hearts. You know, God is. We do wait for a lot of things and sometimes it, they don't turn out the way that we expect or that we're hoping, just like the people back back way back then. Their vision of how the Messiah would come was so different to how he did come. But God wants to work on our hearts so that we, as, as, as we journey through whatever we're waiting for, we'll be able to manage that with peace, with graciousness, with optimism, with positivity, with trust, whatever that might be. I thought through my life and it came to waiting and I thought there's so many different elements in my life of where I have had to wait. I've had to wait and yet God has come through. It hasn't been easy to wait but God came through. I'll give you one little, just one little story from, from my experience. When I, um, when I left school and I did teaching, um, that was great. But I never felt it was quite right for me. And um, when I uh, went back to teaching a second time, ended up secondary teaching. I thought, I'll give that a crack. Because primary teaching just wasn't quite the right space for me. So it was fun. I taught PE. It was good fun. Uh, But it just still didn't sit quite right. And so then I ended up on a sojourn of all sorts of different things. And I was praying, God, please show me. Please help me. Please guide me. And um, I had that opportunity to get a little glimpse of school chaplaincy. And I thought, God, that's awesome. And I was so excited by that opportunity that that this was changing in Sydney and and some of the schools like North Pine, the Adventist school system, they were going to start putting in chaplains. And I was like, cool. I'll put my hand up for that. I would love to do that. That would be so awesome. And when the year end rolled around, it was like I was just passed over. And um, I'd done a fair bit of communication and a fair bit of um input into some of that stuff that was going to happen and it was like not for you we don't want you that's a really hard thing isn't it we don't want you it wasn't quite those exact words but you know if you don't get a job that's what it must mean we don't want you (laughs) um and so off I went and did some other things but I I inside of my heart I was really disappointed I just really was and I did a few other things for a few more years and then I ended up going you know what I'm gonna go and volunteer at our church so I did that I was married to Mark by then so then I could volunteer otherwise I couldn't afford it so luckily um, luckily mark looked after me during that time when I was here and there I was like a year work and then a year volunteer and a year work and a year volunteer but he kept me luckily um, <laughs> and so I went and volunteered for that year and at the end of that year I got a call saying Sharon would you like to come and be chaplain at one of our one of the schools and Um, It had been a number of years wait. And I remember driving to and from school when I first, uh, not even first, but every day I would go, I love my job. I can't believe I have this job. It is so awesome. Thank you, God. You know, sometimes the wait is hard. And it's not in the timing that we expect or we want or in the way we want. But for Simeon and Anna, their little story just teaches me again that God will tr- be true to his word in the sense that he will act. Be patient. Let him work on your heart in the meantime. There's a little story I just want to share with you as we as we come to an end. It's a story that you might know. Um, it's about a dog. Um, the dog's name is shortened to Hachi, but Hachiko. And there was a movie made sort of based on this a few years ago. Has anyone seen that movie? A couple. But movies based on but very different from the real story, similar. but different. So Hachiko was a dog um, in Japan in the 1920s. And um, when the dog became um, owned or looked after by Uno, I'm not exactly sure, my Japanese is not so great, U-E-N-O. Any good Japanese linguists in the room? Uno? Let's go with Uno. Um, Uno was actually a professor at the Tokyo Imperial University. And um, so it became the habit that as uh, he went to the train station, that um, Hachiko would go with Uno every day, go to the train station, wait there. So when Uno finished work, came back, The dog was still waiting at the end of his work and they would go home together. It was only 18 months, even a little bit less than 18 months that they would do this every work day, backwards and forth. And it was only a little bit less than 18 months later that Uno actually had um, a cerebral embolism at work and didn't come home. And Uno never came back to the station but Hachiko stayed there and waited. And um, there's a little few gaps in the story, but it, it looks to be as if initially the people found the dog an annoyance at the station. And then after a while, they actually um, started to look after the dog and feed the dog. And I'm not quite sure exactly where the dog, whether he went back to where that, that they lived. But every day, he would go back and wait at the station for Uno to come back and the story goes that he did it for nine years and in fact in Japan at that very station Shibuya I'm not sure of the exact pronunciation um, there's a statue of Hachiko and has become part of the I suppose folklore of Japan about being faithful and loyal that this dog waited and waited for his owner to come back until the dog died of illness and sickness. You know, God wants us to stay faithful. Be patient. Don't give up on him. Uno didn't come back, and the dog died waiting. But God will come back. And that's another part of this story as we finish off. Another part of the Christmas story as we finish off is this. It is a little foretaste of what is to come. There's a few slides here I'm going to skip over because of our time. In Philippians, it says this, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. When Jesus came that first time, it's a little taste of what is to come. And God, these exact words are from... The Bible, God wants us to eagerly keep waiting for when Jesus will come again. Because as Christian believers, we believe we're just part of a journey, part of a journey at the moment. And the Christmas story was a big part of that journey, but it's not the end. It's not the fulfillment. It's not the culmination. The culmination is still to come. So wherever you are in your Christian journey, whether you're a new Christian or you're just looking at it and thinking, is this actually for me? or you've been around for a while, I just want to encourage you. Keep waiting. Keep keep whatever flame is inside of you alive because God's promises are true. Anna and Simeon testified to that. God's promises are true. Let me just wind up with this little thought. Here we sit, two millennia later. We know little, actually, about Simeon and Anna. But they are sure testimonies of eagerly waiting for the Messiah. So whatever this past year has looked like for you, and whatever the unknown of 2019 that lies ahead, whatever your prayers have been, whatever holds heavy on your heart, Whatever you're waiting for, I encourage you to eagerly wait, faithfully and patiently wait for the Lord to act. So just think about these few questions. What is it that you're waiting for? As you've waited, if it has been a while, have you grown distant to God As you've waited, I want to encourage you to go back. Go back and look at where God has had impact in your life in the past. And remind yourself that God is faithful. And I want you to uh, be encouraged by God's faithfulness. And know that he can be trusted. Jesus says, I love you. And he also says in his word that I will renew your strength. Um, I really like that, um, the picture of renewal. You know, when you've been waiting a long time, we do get a little tired sometimes. But God's a renewable God. So like, I'll renew that strength. I will renew it. So like Sam, Simeon and Anna I encourage you, eagerly wait, the Lord will act. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, Just um, we just looked at two characters a little bit this morning from the Bible, um, from back in the time when you were born, part of that Christmas story, God. They've been an encouragement to me. And um, God, uh, we, in many seasons of our lives, wait for lots of things. Help us to find courage Help us to find patience. Help us to find eagerness in knowing who you are, that you are a trustworthy and a faithful God, and that you will act and you will come in your time and in your way in our lives. Let us hold strong, not give up, not let go. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you, Sharon. I don't know about you, but that was pretty relatable. <laughs> End of the year. I know personally I have no idea what next year is going to look like for me. Um, But f- I've seen God move too many times in the past to not believe that he's not going to move again. So with that, I do hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Don't forget we have Dom's baptism at 3 p.m. Queens Beach North. Um, Lunch at the Brody's, right, today? That's what you said, Mel? Yeah? No, kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, go have a wonderful afternoon. Enjoy a wonderful lunch. Why not invite a friend? Um, Head over to Dom's baptism. make an afternoon of it. If you are here for the first time or you've brought a friend, we would love to see you over at the Connect Desk with Layla. We've got a little something special for you. And, of course, if you have any more questions about what we have coming up over the next few weeks, just head over to Layla. Have a good one.